Hello, and welcome to Player's Spellbook. This is a podcast all about the magic of Dungeons and Dragons, starting with the spells in the 5th edition Player's Handbook. Together, we're looking at their uses for both players and dungeon masters. I am your host, Derek. I'm joined this week by my co-host, Tim, and welcome Chrome to Chromatic Orb. (laughs) That one took me a second. (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 trust me it took me more than a second to come up with <laughs> well, i'm ashamed to admit oh well <laughs> nice yeah this should be a fun one yeah like it's a, it's a straightforward spell so maybe mm. we should just dive straight into it yeah sure chromatic orb is an evocation spell casting time one action the range is 90 feet components are verbal somatic and a material component being a diamond worth at least 50 gold pieces the duration is instantaneous. You hurl a four-inch diameter sphere of energy at a creature that you can see within range. You choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder for the type of orb you create, and then make a ranged spell attack against the target. If the attack hits, the creature takes 3d8 damage of the type you choose. I chose. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using a spell spell slot of second level or higher the damage increases by 1d8 for each slot level above first and it's available to sorcerers and wizards anyone with magic initiate and are there any others i uh well i mean if it's available to wizards then it's also available to arcane tricksters and eldritch knight fighters right exactly perfect but yeah it goes without saying uh well i guess it goes with many many sayings (laughs) almost one per episode so far that (laughs) Anybody can take this if you're playing with feats yeah. and you can take the magic initiate feat. Yeah, it's going to be weird when we get to second level spells and we can't say that. <laughs> now there's some limiters on it. Oh, man. Yeah. Now you have to multi-class to get it. Mm-hmm. Or take some Tasha's cauldron of who's he, what's it feats. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. First specific spells. For specific spells. We'll get into that much, much later. Yeah, That's for sure. a little sneak preview uh, for episodes <laughs> like a year from yeah. now. Is, is this our first spell with a component that has a specific cost associated with it? It might be. I can't think of any others that have had specific costs so far. Yeah, the significance being that you can't use... Uh, arcane focus yeah you can't use basically you can't use a focus be it a uh, in this case it's available to sorcerers yeah. and wizards we're talking like wands and orbs and quarterstaffs but yeah if you were to pick this up other ways you would still be hampered by not being able to use your holy symbol or whatever it is that you've chosen you have to use the diamond worth 50 gold pieces mm-hmm so this is a very good spell, and it's so good that the designers decided to hide it behind a paywall, essentially. Yeah. And you're going to need to find yourself a diamond worth 50 GP if you want to cast this. So mm-hmm. uh, consider yourself warned if you're rolling up a first-level player character. Uh, your starting equipment, and in many cases your starting gold, probably will not allow you to get a diamond worth 50 gold pieces unless you want to blow all of your starting gold on mm-hmm. being able to cast Chromatic Orb. <laughs> yeah. So well, if maybe. you would like to cast this spell early on in the campaign, I would recommend letting your DM know and <laughs> request that you might stumble across a diamond worth at least 50 gold pieces at some point, mm-hmm. you know, at the relative beginning of your adventure. Or take the noble background and get a diamond from your mom. Or <laughs> take the noble background and hope that you roll enough starting gold <laughs> to be able to afford this and 
ration. <laughs> Food or chromatic orb? I don't know. I can cast chromatic orb. I have two days of rations. My character is buck naked. <laughs> but yeah, I can deal acid, cold, yeah. fire, lightning, poison, or thunder damage from 90 feet away. So. Yeah. I don't have any other spell components or a focus, but I can <laughs> cast chromatic orb. <laughs> this, is, this is all I can cast, man. Yeah. It's great. You know what? If this was all you could cast, assuming that you're in a fairly combat-heavy game, it's pretty you'd probably good. do all right. Yeah, for sure. And it's yeah, it, it's it's a good spell. It's the versatility, right? Being able to choose your damage, and then also the versatility of casting it at higher levels just makes it like, oh, there's so many options of things you can do with this spell. Yeah, a lot of damaging spells will scale by d6s at higher levels. The fact that this scales by a d8 is already pretty good. Mm-hmm. 3d8 damage is great for a first level spell yeah. i think inflict wounds is the only first level spell that beats this in terms of damage that's crazy but inflict wounds is a melee attack and this is yeah an attack you can make from 90 feet away yeah crazy it's yeah it's a ridiculously good spell and that's before you even get to the fact that you can choose the damage type, oh yeah uh, which, is which is amazing immensely useful we've Spent a lot of time in the cantrips discussing the, the benefits and drawbacks of each of the different damage types in terms of number of monsters that are immune to them. And this spell, if you play your cards right, if you succeed on your knowledge checks, if you pay attention to what's happening at the table, you can almost always avoid a resistance by targeting something that the monster is, is going to take full damage from. Thunder yeah. in particular is an excellent damage type. There's yep. not a lot of monsters with thunder resistance. And so if you're going to take a stab in the dark, as it were, and try to just use something, then thunder is probably a good go-to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, these are all the elemental types, right? So it's they're, they tend to be on the worse end in general. but Right. There's, you aren't getting the, the cream of the crop damage types like radiant and force yeah if but you got ra- that being said i, I think yeah. there's pretty rare thunder resistance is pretty rare i th- yeah exactly and it's pretty rare that you're going to find a monster that's immune or resistant to all of these types <laughs> i don't know of any monsters that are immune to all of these i haven't done my research but i would be very surprised <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> and that's why you made a monster for the creature corner that's immune to all these damage types. that's immune to all of these <laughs> things well, well, well we'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just that versatility that just makes this spell so amazing so i don't know that if you're a wizard and you can find that diamond it it just makes sense to take this if you don't usually blast or hit things this is just a reliable one to have because you can you can land on yeah basically any monster particularly for sorcerers mm-hmm. because you're so limited in terms of your spell selection yeah, for sure taking this is like taking you know six spells at once because there's so many different damage types yeah. uh you could have your first level sorcerer take just chromatic orb and no other combat spells and you're probably still fine right exactly Provided you keep a hold on that diamond. <laughs> yeah. Because that sure. is asking to get pickpocketed. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, then that opens up a sorcerer to take some more utility spells and some other things that would be a little more a little more helpful outside of combat. Because otherwise you're trying to split 
your damage type so you don't you don't end up getting stuck having fire all the time and then fighting a bunch of fiends and uh fire elementals or something like that yes exactly wizards have that versatility built in in terms of being able to prepare different spells every day yeah with sorcerers you have to pay attention to what spells you select in order to get that versatility and chromatic orbs a great way to do it yeah for sure well honestly when we come to good spells there actually isn't that much else to say <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it like, like the bad spells right. we can talk about how we would fix it and changes we would make and criticisms that sort of thing some spells you come across you're just like yep this is a good one <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's time to move on so yep. why don't we move on over to character corner and you can tell us about your chromatic character i had trouble with this one because there's a if you find a subclass that helps boost damage dealing spells it tends to be one type of damage so you could use this as a uh, draconic bloodline sorcerer but then you're just going to get those benefits from one of the damage types which is what something you could definitely do is focus on like fire or cold or something like that and then right. or you could take the elemental adept feat yeah. for a different element every time <laughs> until eventually by level 20 you get all the benefits <laughs> oh man that would be hilarious <laughs> I, I don't really even lean know into that chromatic yeah order. for sure you take variant human for the extra feat and then you just <laughs> ele- elemental adept for all many of elemental it. adepts as we can get that being said evocation wizard will get at 10th level i think you can add your intelligence modifier to this spell so you can add that damage making the damage more reliable for all of these but i actually liked the pairing of taking a magic magic initiate feat and giving it to a monster slayer ranger because they have at third level they get hunter sense which is a feature where as an action when you see a creature within 60 feet of you, you can immediately learn if that creature has any damage, immunities, resistance, or vulnerabilities and what they are. Uh. So paired with Chromatic Orb, you can find out if they have any immunities or resistances, and then you can use your Chromatic Orb to get around all of those. Right, you always know how to most effectively cast the spell. Yeah, exactly. So, like I... Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking of, and obviously their name is going to be, like, uh, Christopher for Chromatic Orb. And I, I was thinking, I didn't really have a huge preference for the, the race, but I thought uh, Wood Elf, because of their, um, their feature that lets them hide a little easier, or Halfling also can get a little bit bonus to hiding because i think you'd want to use this feature before you enter combat ideally so you're probably scouting out you use this feature and then you can get back to your party figure out the best damage type and then and then use your chromatic orb is what i'm thinking with with christopher i think also yeah cool if you learn this if you're thinking of for Christopher's backstory, maybe he he grew up as a ranger, maybe in some kind of monster hunting guild, but then he had a semester abroad at uh, at like a wizarding school and learned chromatic uh, orb there. Exchange program. Yeah, in the exchange program. Yeah, and came back with one 
spell in a couple cantrips. So, right, and then had to hunt monsters until he could afford a fifty gold piece diamond. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, I was thinking for a second there, your character was going to be a dwarf, just that they had easier access to diamonds. Oh, that would have been that would have been much better. That's a good one too. You could do dwarf for sure for the diamond. So yeah, you can cast it. Definitely, that would that would be a smart smart way to do go about it as well. But yeah, I thought because it's so versatile, getting uh, pairing it with monster slayer makes it can make it a little bit more effective because then you know what damage type you can use to attack uh, a creature more effectively yeah cool yeah no that's that's a very handy way of taking advantage of that versatility rather than having to maybe guess and check (laughs) with a few (laughs) preliminary chromatic orbs until you find out what it's not resistant to Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just such a good versatile spell. It's really hard to like give it to any kind of class that focuses on a damage type because it's like, well, you get that for acid or for it's designed for people who aren't focusing on a damage type. Exactly. So yeah, that makes sense for a ranger, I think. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, should we talk about the sorts of things that Christopher might be hunting in Creature Corner? Yeah, for sure. So. This week, as has been alluded to, I brought to the table a monster I'm calling the Mutable Elemental. Uh, mm-hmm. So rather than, say, fire elementals or water elementals, where they're creatures that have been summoned with an affinity for a specific element, I was thinking this is almost uh, a shape-changing, an elemental-changing creature. Oh. That the more that it casts Chromatic Orb, the more that it kind of changes itself. So I gave it, uh, basically, its whole stat block centers around an action called Chromatic Burst, Mm -hmm. which is basically a chromatic orb that can target up to three targets. Okay. When the elemental uses the Chromatic Burst, it chooses one of the damage types that are available for Chromatic Orb, Acid, Cold, Fire, Lightning, Poison, or Thunder. And when it uses the action, it gains immunity to the damage type it just used. Wow. So if it does a fire chromatic or or chromatic burst, it becomes immune to fire damage. Mm. And then on the next round, say it does acid, now it's immune to acid damage. Oh, cool. And so its immunity is changing as the fight is going on, depending on what chromatic orb it uses. Oh, interesting. Which actually makes yeah. chromatic orb a very good spell to use against it. Yes, it could be combated well by a chromatic orb because you can keep up with its changing. Whereas if you have, say, a you know, your tiefling evocation wizard who's just memorized Scorching Ray mm. and Fireball. This thing will use Chromatic Burst mm-hmm. set to fire once and just enjoy the immunity until it's cleaned yeah. up the rest of the party. An interesting thing, you don't have to add this, but an interesting thing would be to make the damage type that it just changed from like a vulnerability for a round. And like not say that, but then your your characters would have to figure that out or something like that. So it's like it gave up that. Yeah, it has like a immunity. Like once it switches away from fire, it's actually weak to fire for a round. But then the weakness changes every round. So it's like, oh, it was vulnerability for that. You want to like throw all the lightning at it you can, and then stop and switch to whatever the next one is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
That's neat. Mm-hmm. Well, dear listener, by the time you get to this on the DMs Guild, you'll see that uh, additional rule added. Cool. This is you can see the process of, of revisioning and brainstorming in action. Wow. Yeah, it's it, it, it's incredible. Yeah, especially when you draw attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, I've also set it to be a challenge too because I want this to be a monster that's summonable. Sum summonable. Oh, I want this to be a monster that's summonable yep. via the uh, conjure minor elemental spell. Cool. Uh, so you can bring in your own mutable elemental if you would like and get a, a chromatic burst to help give you some spread damage for your wizard or sorcerer. Oh, that's awesome. That would be really cool. Yeah, and then you have to be very careful about its vulnerabilities. Oh, yeah. Then you got to protect it. Oh, shoot. Why did I uh, suggest that? <laughs> I, I like the idea, though, that you could set it to do a chromatic burst for, like, cold damage and then catch it inside a cone of cold because you know that it won't take the damage. Right. So uh, you can carefully synergize with your own yeah. elemental to give it immunity to whatever spell you're about to cast. Uh, that's smart. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of fun tactics there mm-hmm. uh, for players who are interested in the conjure elemental spell, which we will get to years from now. <laughs> we'll get to it though. Yeah, one, one day. But yeah, I think that's about to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about to say. <laughs> but yeah, say. I think that's about all there is to say. Yeah, for sure. As mentioned previously, when you come across a good spell, sometimes all you can really say is, "This is a good spell." Yeah. Not much to say. Very straightforward. We'd, we'd recommend taking it. Keep an eye out for diamonds. Um, um, if you are interested in picking up the mutable elemental, either to summon as a player or to throw against your players as a dungeon master, you can find a link in the podcast description leading to uh, the product. You can also go navigate to DMs Guild yourself and find there a bunch of our other offerings uh, under Griffin Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also follow us at on Twitter at Player Spellbook, Player Spellbook with one S. And you can join us next week where we're going to be doing color spray. And in the meantime, thanks for listening and spell you later. <laughs>